It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, styling and profiling. Batman has a belt, I have a vest. It's the same principle. I'm your host, welcome to our Casino Combat Podcast. We are about to embark on episode 57. If you're just finding us wondering what this is all about, I believe that casino gambling is a skill. You can be good at it. You can understand what is going on in a casino, win cash money more months than you lose, and take advantage of comps and gifts from the casino the other months, those months with small losses, and make up for what you lost. Casinos can be your country club. Casinos are my country club, my vacation club, if you will, and a vacation club I don't really pay for. And that's what we talk about here each week along with stories from the decades I've spent learning to be good at casino gambling. And I'm trying to be a cheat code for you a little bit. I'm trying to take those mistakes that I made learning through the School of Hard Knocks and, and put you level up your, your skills very, very quickly. So if you're a relatively new to gambler, if you're new to casino gambling, I think I have plenty to teach. If you're an experienced gambler, maybe I've got a few tricks up my sleeve, or maybe you can share some things with me. And either way, I hope you enjoy the stories. Thanks for being here. I hope you stick around. I paid a lawyer to tell me that I probably needed a disclaimer in this podcast. So let's do that and we will get into the episode and get the episode started. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary persons, don't worry about the rain. I don't think the heavy stuff's coming down for a while yet. Only gamble with money you can afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that information for you. We will make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items, unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of reducing listener boredom. (laughs) All right, absolutely. We do not want any bored listeners, that's for sure. I appreciate you all. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's start with big news, big, big, big news, the biggest of news from the Casino Combat Universe. The Inner Circle has a new member. Today, we are welcoming Gator Gambler, fifth to the ring, to the Inner Circle. He joins Golden Fan, Master of Details, Keeper of Wisdom, and East Coast Emissary as a member of the Inner Circle. He correctly determined the real-world name and location of my home casino, the casino I call Casino 2 in the podcast. If you have not listened to episode 22, if, if you joined us since episode 22, there are games hidden in the podcast, have been since episode, well, 2 basically, when we started traveling. And Golden Fan figured out that there were games and kicked off the public version of the games just before episode 22 was released. You can certainly go back and hear all the details in that episode, but basically, if you use the distances and brands and directions in each episode of the podcast to figure out the name of my home casino, which as I said is currently Casino 2, send an email to me with the name of that casino, and if you get it right, you can become one of the 10 members of the Inner Circle. I'll send you a custom one-of-a-kind t-shirt or polo. At least I will if my manufacturer catches up with a really horrible backlog. Everything's taking forever. And a reminder that per Keeper of Wisdom's rule, there's only three strikes. You only get three guesses. If you don't get it right in three guesses, you're out of the game. And that was a good rule that, frankly, I wish I'd have thought of. 
Uh, also from the Casino Gambling Universe this week, it took a while, but Maxine the Rat tried to hit Gabriel up for money again recently, and her new approach was to say that there was a problem she couldn't cash a check at the cage because her player's card was expired. So she wanted to write him a check for cash, and either she's ignorant, or she's assuming Gabriel's ignorant, which is certainly not the case. Sure, our player's cards at our, at our local casino recently expired. That's true. But getting a new one is as easy as going to a machine and printing one or asking someone at the player's club desk or a pit boss at a table to just print you a new card. It's, it's not hard. It's not difficult. If you needed one at the cage to write a check because your card was expired, it, 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 this would not stop you from cashing a check at the cage in any way. Regardless of her tricks and attempts, Gabriel just politely turned her down, politely told her no. He avoided a different version of that situation that prompted the creation of Casino Wisdom number 70, don't loan money to or borrow money from strangers in a casino. And Gabriel and I had kind of a friendly over-under wager on, uh, and we put a number on on when this event would happen. I think I said 10 days, um, and, uh, and, and he took the under. And uh, so she actually made the over uh, a winner on this one, I think. It absolutely took her longer than I expected to kind of slither back and, uh, and and try to borrow money again. Just from talking to him, Gabriel's obviously very happy that he's out of that and he's not going back in it again by handing over money. He feels fortunate to have gotten paid back, and I think he was fortunate to get paid back. Our final item from the Casino Combat Universe, uh, just kind of a little look-ahead thing. East Coast Emissary was kind enough to put together a flowchart for TRG Wagering System 1. He sent me the, the initial draft, which is really very, very good, very well done. We're going to get Fred reprogrammed so that she can distribute that, along with the other items that, that Fred distributes. Fred is the, the podcast email bot. She watches my inbox for me, whether I'm around or not, and she responds to various two-word codes in the subject line. If you send an email to trg at casinocombat.com, spelling combat with a K, of course, and you put the two words get wisdom, get wisdom in the subject line, she will send you a link to download the current and complete list of all the casino wisdoms and the episode where they were first discussed. And if you put the two words slot tactics in the subject line, she will send you a link to download my ebook. Uh, and, and my ebook is called Casino Combat Slot Tactics, and it describes the process that uh, you know my team and I go through to easily win money playing slot machines almost every month. I think we're at uh, I think we're at two losing months out of 13, I think is where we stand. So uh, 11 winners, two, two losing months out of the last 13 months. So as I said, she'll send you a link to download the book. The book's free. I'm not going to try to upsell you or downsell you. I'm not, I don't have anything to sell you. Uh, I'm just happy to send out this book. And I did it as a book because it would be a boring podcast in my opinion. It would take you know, it's 28 plus pages. Uh, a normal podcast script is uh, is less than 16 pages. So I didn't want to talk you through the whole book and the charts and everything. Uh, but Fred will be happy to send you a link to that book, as I said. All right, I think that's it. Well, um, I, as always, Gabriel and the Jet have not checked in yet. But I think that's it around the, uh, the Casino Combat Universe this past week. So what am I going to talk about today? We're going to have a core concept segment and talk about a table exit strategy that I rarely have reason to use. I rarely have the situation to use, but it came up this past week twice, and I thought I'd share it with you today. 
Uh, I have a new Casino Wisdom for you, so we will have a moment of Casino Wisdom and, and talk about a brand new one. I really didn't do any, air quotes, traveling last week, but I did do some gambling, and I'll quickly share those results and observations with you before we finish up in the Virtual VIP Lounge with a story that aligns itself well with our new Casino Wisdom. In fact, it's a story about an event that firmly convinced me an idea I had put to use for years was the best way to handle a somewhat common casino occurrence. So that's our episode. Core concepts, a moment of casino wisdom, a quick travel segment, and then some sips and a story in the virtual VIP lounge. I'll get all that started for you next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The core concepts of casino combat are the pillars on which gambling for a profit and a part-time casino lifestyle are built. To run through them quickly... To be good at casino gambling, you need to, one, learn a game with a minimum house advantage, two, learn a betting strategy that includes both progressive and regressive concepts, three, have a bankroll of money you can afford to lose that is large enough for the size of the bets you choose to make, four, get a player's card from the casino where you're going to gamble. This core concept is important because benefiting from comps, gifts, and free money to spend and gamble with are an important part of exploiting casinos. And five, have the discipline to win a set small amount of money and leave the casino or lose a small amount and leave the casino. In the end, we're trying to win the month, not the table or the day. And if you lose the month once in a while, you make, the, you make up for the loss with comps and gifts from the casino. The Casino Combat YouTube channel includes a playlist called Boot Camp. With, and in Boot Camp, in that playlist, I cover these core concepts in short, 10 to 15 minute lessons. You can learn all of them in less than 90 minutes. In my never so humble opinion, that playlist is one of the best things to come out of the creation of this podcast. The playlist can be a refresher for regular listeners or a way for new listeners to get up to speed on the core concepts quickly. The links to all our social media and YouTube, all of our content is at the top of our webpage, casinocombat.com. Combat and boot camp are spelled with a K. And we always appreciate any social media likes, subscribes, shares, or reviews that you're willing to contribute. What I wanted to discuss with you today is an aspect of item number five. Having the discipline to leave a table with a predetermined small loss or a minimum win amount. And for myself, if I'm playing blackjack, I'm going to exit the game after I lose three or if I've been winning for a while at most four hands in a row. I'm going to leave having lost no more than seven and a half units if I'm using TRG Wagering System 1. Quite frankly, also if I'm using TRG Wagering System 2, which I've really got to get around to sharing with you. So that leaving with the seven or seven and a half unit loss at most, that's a negative exit, an exit with less than I started with. As an example of a positive exit, I'm going to start planning my exit from the table if I reach a nine or ten unit win. And that can be a bigger number for you. Your, your number can be 15 or 20 if that's when you start planning to leave. 
doesn't matter. It's got to be more than your negative exit. That's the way. That's the only way this balance works. Is if your positive exit point is more than your negative exit point. And if I hit a positive exit, I'm going to continue to play if I keep winning, and I'll keep adding both to the stack of money I'm playing with and the, the, the win stack that I'm going to walk away from the table with. For the most part, I've only discussed these positive and negative exits with you. But there is a third kind that I use. It only happens occasionally. And this is a more advanced exit. It's a bit more subjective than the other exits. And I say subjective, but I don't like to include emotions, feelings, guesses, or hunches in my gambling. So I consider this type of exit an exit based on observational wisdom. <laughs> yes, I just made that up too. Uh, and, and this exit is the zero or near zero exit. This is an exit that I use when I've been playing for a while. I basically have the same amount of chips in front of me that I bought in with and something that is or has been going on either with my gambling or with the table in general indicates to me that leaving with just the money I started with is the best course of action. I had two of these in one afternoon of gambling last week, which is fairly unusual, so I'm going to use those events, that, that pair of events in the same day, as an illustration of the zero exit technique. The first time I used a zero exit was at a table near the front entrance of my local casino. This was my second table for the day. I'd already taken a small, uh, less than four unit loss at my first table. And that's good news in a way because my local casino is finally operating in a way that allows me to get on and off multiple tables in a visit easily and quickly. And that makes it a lot more playable place than it's been for over a year. And things started off well enough at this second table. I won a couple of hands, had a blackjack in the first four or five hands, was starting to win a little money, and then a couple with coupons to play came in. They were, um, uh, what's, a, what's a good word? They were interesting. Their choices were interesting. I'll have some observations about them later in the travel segment. They played, they left, an older lady joined me. She was playing not to lose, and that wasn't helping my cards at all. Then another player who was going to play just one hand with a coupon joined the table, and between Mrs. Playing Not to Lose and someone only playing one hand joining us, I decided to sit out while he played. I didn't think he was going to be around long. Uh, so, of course, new guy gets a blackjack that would have been my blackjack based on the cards. He was playing my hands that I'd have been playing if he wasn't there. And I'd have had that blackjack if he hadn't entered the game. And he decides to play another hand now that he has some winnings. And if his hand had been my hand, I would have doubled. And he didn't because he didn't have the money to double because he was only playing the money he won from a coupon. That would have been another nice win for me. And of course, as I said, he doesn't double because he isn't playing with any of his money. He created a loss for the table and himself. And that annoys Mrs. Playing not to lose. And she leaves. And I'm watching this and I know he's leaving. But as I'm sitting there not playing, I'm basically out of the gambling mindset now. And I've talked about that technique before, that process of pausing, getting out of a gambling mindset, getting away from a gambling space, although in this case I just pushed my chair back, um, and making gambling choices from there. And I kind of, as I'm sitting there trying to decide, am I going to get back in this game and restart things with just a little bit of the shoe left, and I'm dead even for the table, and I'm a bit annoyed about all of it. And this kind of reminded me of Casino Wisdom number 67, as created by friend of the podcast, The Walking Wikipedia. That wisdom teaches emotional control is perhaps the most important casino skill. Don't play in negative emotional situations. I looked at the fact that I was annoyed at how things had gone at the table. 
Certainly a negative emotion. Annoyance is a negative emotion, at least for me. And with exactly the same money in front of me that I had started the table with, it was a perfect zero exit situation. I colored up my chips and I left. I recorded the table simply as a note for the podcast so I'd remember to have this discussion with you. But otherwise, since it was a zero exit table, it was as if it never happened, which was, for me at least, an emotional reset, a needed emotional reset. So I took a little break. I, I, I saw some friends and, and chatted with some friends for a while. I found another table almost at the back of the casino this time, well away from the entrance where someone just wanting to play one hand would show up. I didn't was hoping not to have that experience recur again as it had already happened multiple times. Um, Mrs. Playing Not to Lose joined me a few minutes later. And what followed was a long session, one in which I'd repeatedly lose an early double or a split be almost out with a bigger than normal loss with that last bet on the table and I'd win that and then manage to slowly come back and and get to the point where I had a one unit win and a couple times I got up to a two unit win and then I'd gradually get back to that okay this is the last bet and then I'm out of here kind of situation and I'd claw my way back again and it happened over and over and over and, and sometimes around the, I don't know, the sixth, the seventh time that I got to that, okay, air quotes, here's my last bet. And as I was making that, I said to myself, if you get back to zero again, this just needs to be another zero exit table. It's not looking like a winning table. And if you test this long enough, it's going to become a losing table and you're going to take a fairly hard smack. And I won that bet as I was having that realization, then lost the next bet, which was a one-unit double. So it put me back kind of in that negative hole again where I'm trying to claw out. But by the end of the shoe, I had a profit. It was admittedly less than a one-unit profit. It was just a few dollars. So I colored up. I acted on that thought process, that observational wisdom that this was a table that I was just never getting any momentum at. I recorded it, I left with a very, very small, very tiny win, basically another zero exit. I was nowhere near my normal positive or my normal exit point. So a zero exit is an exit with a a win or a loss of, of less than one unit. I don't talk about zero exits very often because they don't happen very often. Uh, two and one visit are very, very, very rare. I'm sure that I've I've zero exited a couple times during the podcast, and I haven't mentioned it because items unrelated to the outcome are omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Those zero exits that have happened in the past, I've just kind of omitted and gone on. They didn't affect my outcome in any way that that mattered. Um, but two of them in one day, I thought this is the perfect time. To, to to teach zero exits, to talk about zero exits. That's why I wanted to do that as part of this episode. You don't always have to play to your positive or negative exit. Sometimes the best you can do is just get back to even and get out. And that's when a zero exit is useful. All right, all right. I believe the plan for the day calls for a moment of casino wisdom as our next segment. So here we go. If this is your first episode or you haven't listened to an episode that includes a moment of casino wisdom, casino wisdoms are a combination of knowledge about casinos or experience with casinos combined with an action to be taken as players in certain situations. Today I wanted to share with you casino wisdom number 96. 
Casino Wisdom number 96 goes like this. When gambling with celebrities, you are both just gamblers until you make yourself a fan. This is a wisdom based on experience, not knowledge. Over the years, just at random, I've ended up gambling with a variety of actors, actresses, and athletes. In all those cases, or almost all those cases, it wasn't in some high-limit room at some major Las Vegas casino. It wasn't during some big event. It was just normal tables on the main casino floor at random Midwestern casinos. In fact, it was an experience this past week that prompted me to move this wisdom off the to-be-discussed list and include it in our episode this week. And I want to kind of share that with you now, rather than put it in the travel segment, because it's, I think, more useful as a wisdom and as a teach than it is as just an observation. So I was gambling at my local casino last week, as you will hear in the next segment, and I had won more than my minimum walk-out-the-door amount at a blackjack table. So I decided to put the extra winnings at risk gambling for my continued education at a craps table. As I was getting started, someone next to me was talking to the pit boss about a friend of his who created a product called Defense Soap, which is used by people who compete in combat sports. And I just kind of said, oh yeah, my sons use that all the time when they were wrestling in high school and middle school. It's a great product. I know a ton of people that use it. So he asked if I knew his friend who had created the project, and I said, I know him to see him. I know who he is, but I doubt he knows who I am. He coached for a lot of teams that my sons competed against when they were competing. So as we gambled and chatted, it turns out that he is Stipe Miosic's wrestling coach from college and eventually one of his trainers during his UFC heavyweight title fights. If you are not aware, not everybody follows combat sports, Stipe is a two-time UFC heavyweight champion, and he successfully defended the titles more times than any other fighter in UFC history. And when he mentioned that he had been Stipe's coach, someone else at the table immediately started saying how much of a Stipe fan they were, asking what Stipe was like, saying how they'd love to meet him, etc., etc., etc. And from, from my point of view, just my impression, the coach went into celebrity mode. A handshake, a big smile, a comment of thanks, he's a great guy, and then he kind of turned his back to end the conversation. I felt like the third gambler, by their actions, put themselves in the fan zone instead of the celebrity instead of the gambler zone. I've seen it before. Treat a celebrity like a celebrity, admittedly a minor celebrity in this case, and they treat you like a fan. What I've learned to do over the years is just treat them like another gambler. And in return, I get treated the same way. And in this case, over a few hours of winning craps, I heard all kinds of stories about Stipe's training, about behind-the-scenes stuff after his title wins. At various points, in breaks in the game, while dealers were making change, he pulled out his phone to show me pictures of himself with various celebrities, um, himself with the belt, himself with Stipe, Stipe with celebrities, all kinds of fun things that a fan, air quotes, a fan, doesn't usually get to do. A fan gets a couple minutes and it's kind of forced. But it was really natural, it was really normal for two gamblers just gambling to talk about all this kinds of other stuff. He shared his experiences, his stories with another gambler while gambling. I shared my story in the past of gambling with Scott Wilson and his wife Joey Lauren Adams. And it was the kind of the same thing. People would come up to tell him, she went to bed early, but people would come up to, t- to tell Scott Wilson how much they enjoyed his work in various things that he'd acted in. They'd ask for autographs and or pictures, and he was happy to accommodate them. 
but then he wanted to quickly get back to his gambling, get back to the game we were playing together. And I really enjoyed getting to experience him as a person, not as a celebrity. Not getting the smile and the handshake during the picture, but instead talking about our game, letting him tell me whatever stories he wanted to about his life, his gambling, some about his acting, but I just got to know him as a person for just a little bit. And later in the VIP lounge, I'm going to share a story about Gabriel and I meeting a very cool NBA star. And it was that experience and that example from the NBA star that kind of, his example kind of locked this casino wisdom in place in my mind. I've used it and, and remembered it ever since because of what he did. And I'm going to talk about that. Um, and I'm glad that my experience with, with Stipe's trainer and coach this week, you know, gave me a good reason to to take this off a to-be-discussed list and put it in our official list of Casino Wisdoms. I've already updated everything. T-Rex has updated everything. Fred is more than ready to send you the full list if you'd like it, and it includes this newest Casino Wisdom. Uh, what do we have next? What did I say we were going to do? Oh, travel segment next. That's the next thing on our list. Let's find out how my somewhat abbreviated week of gambling went. <laughs> We had a busy weekend, uh, family weekend planned last week. Uh, we had a lot of family things going on, a lot of family in town. So my, my time gambling was limited to a couple visits to my local casino. And I'm very grateful that this casino is really getting back to normal. It's really getting to be a place that gambling is possible. My friends are around. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying being back there again. It's a pleasure, not a chore. During the first visit, I received a free bet and a gift card to a local grocery store and had the, uh, the two zero exit tables that I discussed earlier in the episode when we were doing core concepts. Uh, I got to see Proud Papa again, had a real conversation with him, asked him about his son's recent injury, which I know is fairly serious. I also got to talk to longtime friend, the world's kindest man, and his lovely wife, and I found out that they had heard about, um, about this podcast from a blackjack dealer that we both know, and they've been listening to some of the episodes, which was really nice of them. It was nice to hear that, they, that they'd been listening some. It was a fun visit. And, you know, I had a small loss. I had the, the two zero exit tables. Uh, I, I had uh, some winning slot machine play, a couple winning slot machines. I basically finished the day even for all practical purposes. I got home. Mrs. TRG said, so how'd it go? And I said, we can take a look at the app if you want. I don't know, but I've won more more or less than the cost of one drink. It, it's and I bought one drink, so it, it was really trivial and insignificant. From a, it was kind of a, a zero exit day in reality, and I look back on it now in hindsight. But a couple of observations to share from this visit, and the first is the choices that the coupon couple made at my first zero exit table. As they were coming up to the table, I, I kind of knew what was going on. They approached the table. They, they're each carrying a free bet slip that they had printed at a kiosk, and he's got a $20 bill in his hand, one $20 bill. So I'm sure right away that they're only going to play their coupons and leave. They're not playing to sit, join the table, join the game, and, and stick around. I, I probably said this before. If I haven't said it before, I think this is really rude behavior, especially if players like this don't ask before they enter a game in progress. And here's my logic for, being, for considering this rude behavior. A free bet is always an even money bet. You can't bet it on one number on roulette. You can't bet it on some number on craps that, that pays something other than even money. It's always going to get paid as an even money bet. These players don't plan to gamble with their own money. They just want one 50-50 shot 
at turning a free bet into cash. I respect that. I, I, I do. I mean, casino wisdom number 23, one of my own casino wisdoms. And that wisdom teaches us to always play our free bets and play them strategically. And a strategy is, I don't have time or money to gamble today, but I want the profit out of this free bet, and I'm here, I'm in the casino, or I was near the casino, and and I'm going to make that bet and take a shot at getting that money. What I don't respect is using blackjack to play a free bet if you're not going to enter the game and play for a while. Mathematically, Almost the same exact bet can be made on a Baccarat table or on a roulette table using red, black, even, odd, this half, that half. Playing those games for a 50-50 option doesn't impact anyone else in any way. It doesn't interrupt anybody else's game. It doesn't affect anybody but you. And to me, that's the right way to do it. Not to be rude, enter somebody else's game, change the cards, change their process, take time out of their game, all that stuff, it doesn't need to happen. There are more, better, politer, not sure what modifier I want there, ways to do this. There, there really are. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. End rant. <laughs> um, so they've got their $20. It's turned into four red chips. Uh, I'm annoyed. She places her free bet and three red chips, which tells me her free bet was $10. This was a $25 table. She had to come up to the table minimum. I'm assuming he took the other the other five dollars and added it to his free bet. So I'm assuming his free bet was twenty dollars. And now I'm kind of wondering why did you bother? I hope you didn't. I hope you aren't paying for parking. Parking sixteen bucks. I hope you got a parking comp. I hope something's right because this is just kind of ridiculous. These small amounts in my mind and amounts are different to everyone. Maybe that's important money to them. But anyway, he gets a blackjack. And I find out that his free bet slip is actually for $95. I had assumed incorrectly. He was just adding the extra chip to his bet, not hers. So now I do get why they made a point of playing it. it that makes sense. That's a good gambling choice now, in my opinion. And this is a nice win for playing one hand, right? The free bets paid even money, as I said, not three to two. That's the policy at this casino. So he gets three to two on his extra $5 plus the $95. $102.50 profit from that bet. She loses her hand. So as a couple, for just this few minutes of time, they're ahead $87.50, minus the $20 they bought in for and the money she lost. And now the bad choices start, in my opinion. They don't leave. Instead, she stands up, and he stands there with her, and he bets his winnings, his $87.50, on the next three hands, loses them all, and walks away with $2.50 for their effort. Not, not, a, not a good hourly wage. At least not a good hourly wage for me. I shouldn't judge. He didn't even have the decency to tip the $2.50 to the dealer. So in theory, they're going to go wait in line to be handed $2.50 at the cage. Makes no sense. To me, a great example of why casinos make money even if a few players who are properly prepared manage to win money on, a, on an ongoing basis. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really stand out because you got these people that start out with, let's see if we can make money on this really nice $95 free bet. And then when they do, they gamble it all back and they lose it. They actually lost $20 plus whatever time it took them to have this experience, plus whatever it took to get there to try to win money. And they had it done and then they blew it. 
my other informative experience that I wanted to uh, to share with you that I I played two different tables with with a, a lovely woman that that I'm calling Mrs. Playing Not to Lose. She was an older lady. She's very nice, very polite, a fun person to play with. But she really needed to apply Casino Wisdom number 53 to her gambling. And to, to remind you, Casino Wisdom number 53 teaches us when playing blackjack, playing incorrectly on purpose, and incorrectly means not by basic strategy, playing incorrectly on purpose is gambling to lose on purpose. It's gambling to lose hands you don't need to lose statistically. I'm sure she didn't realize it, but she was literally gambling to lose on purpose. Our second table together was my long, slow, almost lose and recover table that ended at, with a zero exit when I came back from the, I don't know, seventh, eighth, almost out of the table uh, and, and managed to claw my way back, as I, as I shared earlier. As I watched her play, she would lose hands that players normally lose. Things like a hard 17 versus a dealer's 10. You don't win those very often. And then the next hand, for example, a next hand she'd be dealt would be a hand that basic strategy would say to double. But she'd look at her chips and look at her cards and decide not to take the risk of the double. She'd just take a card instead, and she'd win. But she didn't double, so she didn't get the financial benefit she should have gotten. Her chip stack didn't go up as much as her chip stack should have gone up. Or it wouldn't be a double. It would be a hand like a two-card hard 16 against a dealer's nine, a hand that should be hit. And she wouldn't take a card, and the card she didn't take would come out next, and it would have given her a winning hand. She was playing not to lose. She was playing to play as long as she could play. She was not playing basic strategy, and as a result, she lost slowly, on purpose, instead of winning at a table where, by my observation, she could have won if she had played her hands using basic strategy. Based on the hands I saw her play, my sense of it was, played correctly, that would have been a winning spot. And I was a little jealous because the spot I was in was not a winning spot. It was a survival spot. My second visit to my local casino for the week got me an additional free bet and some free slot play. I played about a shoe and a half at Blackjack where things were just going all my way from the very beginning. I reached my positive exit point very quickly, started protecting my win, as I've discussed with you on a couple of occasions, while I continued to play. But I was going to make sure I left that table with a win. Eventually, when I hit my time to leave, I left the table having just more than tripled my money. So my buy-in, plus my buy-in again, plus my buy-in a third time after that. The equivalent of, of three times what I bought in with is what I left with. And so now I know I'm going to leave the building with a profit no matter what. And I considered taking half my profits and visiting another blackjack table. That's a great strategy. That's a great way to go about things, right? I know I'm going to leave with double what I started with, but let me take the remaining half of my win and see if I can repeat my win. It's enough to buy in it at another blackjack table. I've done that in the past. I'll do that in the future. In this case, I didn't do that. I knew I was going to leave the building with a profit no matter what, and instead of taking half my profits to another blackjack table, I took them to the craps table to continue my process of learning to play craps and trying to see if I can casino combat craps in a way that's fun. And this is where I met Stipe's trainer, as I was discussing earlier, and after a couple of hours of holding my own, not really winning or losing, a shooter got really hot, made me a lot of money, made me the equivalent of uh, almost three days' pay, which is not casino combat profit, but it is gambling profit. 
I finished up playing some blackjack with Gabriel to hear about his day, hear how things had gone for him because we hadn't been at the same tables. And unfortunately, he had not been having a good day. Um, and I also wanted to make sure that both rush hour was over and a cocktail that I had had while playing craps was out of my system before getting on the road and heading home. And I did lose a small amount of money gambling with Gabriel at that blackjack table. And I did have a, a, a small loss on a slot machine on my way out the door. So for the week, not counting, not counting the craps money, right? Because that's really not casino combat money. And then being transparent about it, I did win money there. But just doing casino combat, just doing the things I talk about other than learning how to play craps and meeting a really cool person, I end up with a day and a half's pay as a win for, for the week. Not bad at all. Saw some old friends, made a new acquaintance, had a lot of fun continuing my craps education, not a trip anywhere, nothing fancy, no hotel room comps, just a solid basic casino combat week where I never traveled more than 10 or 15 minutes really to, uh, to, to get some casino time in, and it was productive casino time. If you're ready, let's finish up with a quick story in the virtual VIP lounge. A little bit of the bubbly. As always, I'm glad you decided to, to join me here. Uh, enjoy our virtual VIP lounge where we have virtually everything virtually all the time. Um, Gabriel often enjoys a Woodford Reserve from time to time. I picked up a bottle this past week with some of my winnings, something uh, to kind of treat myself a little bit. I'm going to enjoy a, uh, a short pour of that today with this story. I encourage you to join me if you can. If you can't, pour yourself a virtual glass of anything you would virtually enjoy. And, uh, and let me, let me kind of just share this with you. And this is a short one. It doesn't include any crazy characters. It, it, it doesn't have any great lessons on how to win more money. But it is a story that happened in my local VIP lounge, and it illustrates how sometimes random things just happen when you live the casino lifestyle that I always talk about as, as a wonderful part-time benefit of being good at the game of casino gambling. It's also about an event that convinced me that my approach to gambling around celebrities is the best one for me. It's, it works best for me. It's what I enjoy, how I enjoy those interactions the most. And this is the event... Um, because of what someone else did that, that indicated to me I, I had been on to something and how I'd handled things in the past and convinced me to keep handling those that way going forward. This story takes place on just a random Thursday. There does not, when I walked into the casino, there was nothing special about this Thursday. I hadn't read about anything going on. Just random Thursday, normal Thursday for me. Um, and I, I, I went to the VIP lounge at my local casino, you know, kind of just before five o'clock, I'd already won some money playing blackjack. And so my plan was just have a drink, see if any of my casino friends were around and, and wait for rush hour to end because rush hour makes the 30 minute drive from my house, like over an hour and a half, might as well just spend the hour with my friends. Um, and I still be home at the same time. It's just, do I want to spend it in the car in, in traffic or do I want to spend it hanging out? So I sat down at the bar and one of my favorite, all-time favorite bartenders, haven't seen her in forever, Rosa Sharon Cassidy, says to me, if you want to wait five minutes and if you're going to drink Absolute, I'll buy you a drink. Didn't quite know what was going on, but I did know that the state that this casino is in does not allow drinks to be comped. That's not something that she's allowed to do. And so I just kind of joked. I said, Rosie, Rosie, you, you can't fool me, Rosie. I know you're not allowed to comp us drinks. 
And so with a smile, she explains that starting at five o'clock in just a few minutes, the drinks are not going to be comped and they're not going to be comped because the local absolute distributor has paid for all the drinks from five o'clock to nine o'clock if the drinks have absolute in them. They'd provided a whole bunch of bottles so the drinks were being paid for. As part of this promotion, the drinks were being paid for so it didn't break any state laws, but as guests in the VIP lounge, we got to enjoy absolute and as much as we want. And by the way, I ended up enjoying several and taking an Uber home. But the reason for the promotion, the reason that Absolute Distributor was buying these drinks was that NBA player Richard Jefferson was going to be doing a meet and greet in the VIP room in just a little while. Um, he had a long, uh, just to once again fill you in if you don't follow the NBA, and I'm not a super big NBA fan, uh, but Richard Jefferson had a long NBA career, uh, played on some very good teams, I think played on a championship uh, team with uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers maybe, and he, he's now an analyst on ESPN. I, I just saw him on ESPN the other day, in fact, and was talking to Gabriel about it. And Gabriel doesn't remember that we met him, which is interesting. Maybe Gabriel had some of that free absolute, too. I don't recall. But anyway, I'm enjoying my free drink, as I just indicated, the first of several free drinks. And, and when Richard Jefferson arrived, he did something that really impressed me. It really stuck with me. Obviously, I'm talking about it now. As he was being introduced, people started to form a line to meet him, to get a picture or an autograph, to do those fan kinds of things. And that was not something I was going to do. Um, happy to enjoy the free drinks. Happy to hear anything he had to say. Not a big enough fan of either himself, either him or the, the NBA that I was going to stand in line uh, to, to meet him. And I didn't have anything I wanted autographed. But as these people are lining up and getting ready to do the fan thing, he says, hey, everybody, everybody, you know, you don't need to do that. You don't, you don't need to get in a line. Let's just hang out. I'll be around. I'm not in a hurry. I'm not going anywhere. I promise you I'm not going to ghost you. Before I leave, I will come right back here on this microphone, and I will let you know I'm leaving. And if I've missed anyone or need, anyone needs one last thing, one last picture, one last signature, I'll make sure everyone gets whatever they would like before I go. I, I promise you, I, I want everybody to be happy. Let's just have a good time. Someone else is paying for the drinks. Let, let's just let's just have fun and hang out. So it was a great afternoon at that point. Gabriel came in a few minutes later, and, and he and I were talking, and, and Mr. Jefferson's making his way around the room and talking to people. And uh, they had a, a blackjack pit in the back of the VIP lounge, different topic for a different day about whether gambling belongs in VIP lounges or not. But Gabriel and I just decided to go back and play some blackjack, and we're a shoe or two into our game, and uh, and Richard Jefferson comes back, and, and we shake hands and, you know, introduce ourselves, and we talk a little bit, and, and he just hangs out. He's like, hey, don't stop your game, don't stop your game, guys, don't worry about it. And so all three of us just, you know, spent a little time, you know, not hours and hours and hours, he was there for a purpose, but... We talked about how the hands were going. We were talking about whether we were winning or losing. He, he made some small talk about winning teams he'd been on. Just a normal casino conversation between three people, not between two fans and, and an NBA player that had won a, a league championship uh, prior to this. Everybody's different. Different people enjoy different things, but I enjoy these moments with famous people way more than I would a handshake and a photo op. 
the way he decided to handle the meet and greet convinced me that my long-standing habit of reacting to celebrities in a casino as if they were just any other guest was the way that I enjoyed those encounters most. If you're playing the casino chip game, there are nine in this episode. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. Don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it. Hate it. It don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it.